Hey there, fight fans. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe this episode of Combat Sports Talk. Welcome to Combat Sports Talk, a podcast dedicated to UFC and Bellator discussion, the MMA community, and combat sports in general. I'm your host, Ryan Smith, and joining me this week is the man with the keys to victory, John Keys. Hello, hello. It is Sunday. Are you sure to say Monday? Man, it is Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah. Hello, Combat Sports World. This is a new era for us, is it not? It it is. is, It is. is. You know, this is the this week marks the third year that I've been with you guys. You know that? I I did not know that, but hold all your trivia facts until after I'm able to introduce the man in the green, white, green. The national jersey of the Nigerian soccer team, Kalechi KC Onyebuchi. Yeah, there he is. Kedu kick him, man. You want us to kick you? All right. How, how, well, so, what, what was the introduction you just gave us, sir? Oh, for me? I was just yeah. saying, hey, what's up? All right. All right. Well, this is this is our first Sunday broadcast. What we decided to do is start moving the show so that more people can watch us live. And so, therefore, we are doing Sunday afternoon combat sports talk, getting ready for that. Of course, we've got a new frame. We even got a hotline that we tested out last night during the live broadcast during UFC pay-per-view 261. So we have a lot of upgrades happening. Combat Sports Talk is on the move, but we're not going to get anything started. The recap of UFC 261, all of the headlines, and the the preview of UFC Vegas 25 without popping over to John Keyes and his random facts of the day. You have the full screen, sir. Oh, you know, it's, it's, that's the thing. This is not going to be that random of a fact because it's Sunday. Sunday, for most of us, it's the final day of the week. It's the Sunday is night is the herald of Monday and the death of the weekend. However, in most in some countries, Sunday is not, it's considered the first day of the week, not the last. Did you know that? Uh, yes. In the Middle Eastern countries, they consider that, you know, it's Saturday, it's Friday and Saturday is their weekend. Uh, did you not know that, you know, in almost every language of the, of the of around the world, the derived word for Sunday means the sun's day or the day of the sun? Almost. Uh, in Russia, the word is, and if you're Russian and I butcher this, I'm so sorry, is Vaskran Vaskres yep, Sinye. Yep, butchered. Yeah, which means resurrection. Uh, in other in other countries of the Eastern Bloc, like Polish, Ukrainian, Croatian, Bulgarian, and many other Eastern Bloc countries, there it means uh, no work. Um, let's see. Here. Uh, heck, the best part about this and the craziest one is that every month, months that begin with the Sunday that the first of the day is on Sundays, always have a Friday the 13th in it. Mm-hmm. And you could be, <laughs> and, and, and you, 
that is random. And you could be fined up to $1,000 for whistling on a Sunday in Salt Lake City, Utah. All right. Well, there That's you right. have it. <laughs> what a way to start the Sunday broadcast on Combat right. Sports Talk than with Sunday trivia from John Keyes. Although, I have to say, I am I, I have to say I am more impressed by the fact that this is your three-year anniversary on Combat Sports Thank Talk. Thank you. Uh, and and I and I thank y'all for dealing with 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 my crazy behind. All right, so you know, and my crazy yet controversial yet you know, sometimes funny. You know, yeah. it's been a ride. It's been a journey. Yeah, well, you know that's that's funny because you know in the pre in the pre show conversations that we were having right before we went live, John Keys was like. I am going to be a bit controversial today, so be forewarned. So we we have our button, our, our, our disclaimer button ready. So when he starts talking talking crazy, we uh we can push that button and distance ourselves from John Keys. <laughs> I, I do apologize. I've apologized beforehand. Y'all not gonna like what I'm gonna say because it's gonna be a little crass, but I will explain myself on why I feel the way and hopefully there'll be a measure of forgiveness and if not so All right. let's get this party started let's get going this is this is the show that we are going to recap UFC 261 the pay-per-view coming from uh, Vistar Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville Florida folks this is the official decision This is the official decision. This is where we talk about the fights that were on Saturday night and what a card it was. Now, this one was a special one for the UFC because last year when COVID was just beginning to rack America the way that it has for over a year, the UFC decided that it was going to be the first sport to start having events again while there was a ton of uh, cancellations. The NFL season was canceled or at least postponed. The, the NBA season was canceled. You know, March Madness was canceled. All of these cancellations were taking place. And so the UFC said, we will be first back. And so they found a home at Vistar Veterans Arena in Jacksonville, Florida for, a, for a, their first card where they had no one in attendance. So it became the goal of the UFC as they rounded the corner to 2021 to become the first event to have live audiences in, you know, you know, following this, uh, you know, this period of time where we have been social distancing. And so that is what they did on Saturday night. The Vistar Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville, Florida, 15,000 fans in attendance to see UFC 261 Usman versus Masvidal on Saturday, April 24th. There were five fights on the card. We're going to cover all of them because every single fight kept the fight out of the hands of the judges. Although, like I said before, not all of these results were results that we wanted to see, but we will get to that. In the first fight of the night, you had Jimmy Crute versus Anthony Lionheart Smith. You going to say it? Or is he going to cross his arms down there in the Factory bottom Factory right X's own. <sighs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Take a drink if you're playing the drinking game. Uh, Anthony Smith defeated Jimmy Crute via TKO. They call it a foot injury uh, at five minutes in round number one. Essentially, at the end of the very first round, Jimmy Crute was looking good. He was he didn't have a solution for 
Anthony Lionheart Smith jab and his whole right side of his face was turning red from getting jabbed to death. But right in the near the end of the first round, Anthony Smith landed a leg kick that hit right in the back of Jimmy Crute's leg and it disrupted the nerve uh, there. We call that a calf kick. It was just a little bit of high of, on the calf, but either way, it turned Jimmy Foot's foot, Jimmy Crute's foot into just like this this dangling thing. He could not stand on it. It was just it was just lifeless. And it, it was the craziest thing. Yeah, it's what we call club foot. Okay. His he the the kick was perfect in the back of the leg and it did exactly what it was supposed to do, which was deaden that nerve there. And he immediately started rolling his ankle. And it was just like as if the the leg died. And just to, and taking nothing from Jimmy Crute, he went in there and shot in on on Anthony Lionheart Smith and was controlling him while he had one leg. Literally, he tried to stand up in the leg. He could not do it. And it was everything that he could do to try and get back on it. At the end of the round, you know, they're they're trying to work work with it and everything. His, you know, his you know they tried to get it right and. It got to the point that the referee stood him up. He told him to walk towards him, and it looked like he was doing right. And then the ref told him to walk back. He walked back, and he stumbled, and that was the end of it. And it was it was it was heartbreaking because it looked like he was game for it. But when you got a club foot, you got a club foot. What did I miss? Yeah. What did I miss? What did I miss? He tried to say goodbye and he choked. He tried to walk away and he stumbled. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god there's no he, he Macy Gray working up in here <laughs> he doesn't get the button for that <laughs> oh man okay well that's look. just comedy that, that was actually well, the, the thing is is that you know as we get into the next fight you know Jimmy Crute was actually didn't have any long term doesn't appear because we'll talk about yeah. this in a moment doesn't appear to have any long term damage to the to the kick that uh, that he that he took um, you know yeah. George Stallworth, he, and, and hopefully we'll get a we'll get a visit by the, uh, the coach later on in, in the show. But he's talked about the fact how dangerous this leg kick is. And if you had a chance to watch the uh, well, uh, well, we'll get to that in a moment in the next fight. But George has talked about how debilitating that kick is. You know, even in the fight between Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor, Conor got kicked by that, and he talked about. Oh my gosh! Okay, hold on. <laughs> Okay, and you know, I'm, I'm assuming he's talking <laughs> I also about gotta the, say that the, the fight between Conor McGregor and well. Dustin Poirier. <laughs> What's that? Yeah. I think it's dangerous for both parties, like the kicker and the kicky. Like, uh, yeah. as we'll talk about later, like <laughs> it comes with well, risks, and there are a lot of great tweets that came around uh, whether or not fighters want to continue throwing kicks. <laughs> well, you know, I think I, I mean. It's a technique. I mean, what I've never been kicked. I've never been calf kicked. I've never gotten a bleak kick. Um, so, I mean, uh, for me, I don't see a problem with it. I see it as a tool that can be used to stop a fight, as it was proven quite, you know, in, in very in, in beautiful fashion, the effectiveness of a kick like that. I mean, does it cause permanent? The question I, I, I think I want to ask, and for you guys, you, you know, Kalechi, you train it. You train, um, Ryan. Mm -hmm. You've had some train. I wish Coach was here. Is it permanent? 
Is it a permanent? If you get kicked right there, is there a chance for the damage to become permanent? And I, I think the answer is yes. That, yes. that you know, when Coach talked about this in the past, he's talked about the fact that he has been kicked in the in the calf, and he's gotten uh, pain that has persisted and numbness that has persisted for at least two weeks. So it is a very dangerous kick, and and right now I don't know that we we have enough data to know whether or not this is something that could be debilitating enough to make this an out to outlaw this kick. I just personally I don't know that how you can do that though. I just I don't know well, how you could make that. You outlaw. can do that. I mean, if, if they, they talk about how the oblique kick is a dangerous kick because it basically it buckles your your you know your knee at the worst place. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I if you can if I'm pretty sure there's an argument for every strike that is thrown why it should be it should be banned. Right. I mean, it's easy. The to UFC make. The won't point, be the one to do it. Oh no! Oh no! Because I'm like it, it, I'm, I'm sure that they've been doing. You know, it, this this type of a, a t attack has been done in kickboxing for centuries. I'm I'm assuming. Okay, so if they if they haven't stopped it yet, I don't think they're going to stop it anytime soon. Well, you know, I I do think that that what you'll find then, and this is what I talked about previously also, is what this will do is this will add the the calf kick to the arsenal of every fighter in the UFC, and so then you get the arms race of. How do you defend against it? And so let's 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 get into defending against these leg kicks. Chris Weidman versus Uriah Hall. Uriah Hall defeated Chris Weidman via TKO, although this was not really a TKO. This was a catastrophic leg injury on the first strike that was landed in the fight. Chris Weidman throws a leg kick. Uh, Uriah Hall turns to check that kick the way you're supposed to check it. And when he does, catches Chris Weidman as Chris Weidman recoils his leg and he puts weight on his leg. His leg fractures. He goes down. And it is one of the most gruesome, no. gruesome injuries since the injury of Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva. That was caused by Chris, Chris Weidman. Weidman. Okay. So let's uh, – and I have to correct you a little good. bit. <laughs> I, I have to correct you a little bit there. The, he broke it. As it hit, he hit he when he hit because if anybody and you can look at your leg right now, if you look at right there under your knee, there's that little bone that sticks out. That's exactly where Chris Weidman's shin hit, and that's where it broke because he was coming in with so much force. You heard it; it sounded like a baseball hit. And when it came, and when he was coming back, and they showed it in slow motion for the gruesome. But for those who watch Mortal Kombat, this was yeah. just a warm up for you. And uh, you know, you could see that his foot. We can the, skip this part. Yeah, like I don't, I don't, I don't need. Yeah, I don't need the detailed play by play of the of the failure of the human anatomy to survive that strike. Like I, I will tell you, saying, it, it, so so he here. Saw, I'm just saying he just saw the tip of his big toe. Okay, that's all I'm saying. He, that's how that's how bad it was. Okay, so so let me just uh, I want I want to go around the horn to what was your reaction in seeing that injury. So I'm sitting here. I'm watching the fight. Um and when it happens i start moaning very loudly and i'm like oh oh like i'm moaning and then i just slam my hands on the table i get up and i walk away 
and I'm like, I cannot watch this. And I, as I walk out, my wife is like, what, are you having a baby in there or what? You know, and I'm like, <laughs> no, it's a sports injury. I cannot handle sports injuries. So I, I cannot. Last time when, when Anderson Silva went down, I was at Buffalo Wild Wings and I was watching it and, and um, you know, we I was watching it with the pay-per-view crew at the time um, and they showed that thing in slow motion over and over and over again that I just couldn't. I just had to hold my hands in front of my face because I couldn't watch it anymore. And so that was my reaction. I, had, I was gone for like five minutes. When I came back, it was just Uriah Hall in the ring. Um, um, he was kneeling towards his te- his teammates. He got up and did the interview with uh, Joe Rogan. They wheeled Chris Weidman out. So that was my reaction. I, I moaned and groaned. I sounded like I was having a baby. That was me. I'm gonna go to you last, jo- uh, John, because you, you you seem like you like the violence. Galecci, how did you react when you saw it? I mean, for me, I, I'm a big empathy guy. So the moment I saw it, I it, it's hard not to like have that well up, like your insides coming out moment. So I, I I'm similar to you. I can't watch the replays over and over. Like I, I like I like the sport. I like the violence. I, there's something about like catastrophic uh, catastrophic failure of a limb that just uh, I've seen it in real life playing football. Uh, uh, one of my running backs uh, snapped his tibia in half and like bone craziness like right so for me i've just seen it too much in real time and you think about the person themselves and i can't watch it i think it's a little gross how dana white uh maybe with good intentions i gotta give him that but the way he's tweeting it out and how the ufc uses that video to kind of uh drive a little shock and awe uh to get more eyeballs in it but for me i'm i'm not tuning in for that all right john keys Take it away. How did you react? Um, and and you know, were you did you did you stop eating chicken wings or or, or did you, you know, what, tell me what what your reaction was? Uh, well, okay, so a couple of things. First, um, if you go to Buffalo Wild Wings, mix the Caribbean jerk with the Asian zing. Great taste. You get the smoky taste with the bite in it. It's great, fantastic. Second thing, y'all make me feel like I'm dead inside. A little bit you because be. you, you I, I might are be a little dead, dead inside. inside. You are dead inside. What are you talking about? Let's embrace the darkness, man. Embrace the darkness. Because when I saw it, I was like, "Oh snap!" And I was like, "Oh, oh, oh!" And then I was like, "Okay." Uh, so because for the simple fact, and all right, here you might as well hit the button, the disclaimer button on me now, because I'm about to hit what the unpopular opinion. It's solely the opinion of the speaker and does not reflect the opinions of anyone else on the Combat Sports Talk podcast or anyone affiliated with this program. Okay, Go good. So We built now, that just for you. I love it. I, I know. <laughs> That's my impact after three years. I get my own drop. So um, that's actually my second drop, but that's beyond the point. Uh, so here, the way I feel about this, okay, um, I call this karma, all right, because um, when it happened, the last time we saw this was with Anderson Silva, Chris Weidman. And right. You know, this goes back to why I don't really like Chris Weidman that much, okay? And it was the fact that when it happened to Anderson Silva, Chris Weidman threw his arms up in, in victory and walked off like he just like he just knocked him out. 
I have a problem with that. I have a problem with that because, you know, look how Uriah Hall reacted to it as compared to Chris Weidman. Now, for some people that might think, you know, that was okay for Chris Weidman to do it, I do not. Because while we are in the hurt business, we are in the violence business, if it's something accidental like that and potentially career-ending, definitely life-altering, we we should not celebrate that. You know, we should not really celebrate that. You know, did, you know what Uriah Hall did in the ring afterward – you know what? So say what you will about Uriah Hall. Say he's wishy-washy. Say, you know, he, he doesn't have it in him. That right there, what he did showed leadership. It showed maturity. It showed inspiration. That's how I like my martial artists. Do I want my martial artists to be violent? Yes. Do I want them to be merciless in combat? Yes. But I also want them to be humble in victory and defeat. And not just by the words, but by their actions. Okay? He did not want that type of injury put on him. It was a a freak accident. And, you know, I feel bad that it happened to Weidman. But I also feel that it was karma at the same time. Because you should never celebrate an accident. Okay? You just shouldn't do that. Yeah, you know, I think it's going to be important Should- to go back and 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 see that though, because like you know, we were talking about this before the show. I don't recall Chris Weidman doing that, you know. But at the same time, that was what seven, eight years ago. I mean, it, it was quite a while ago. Um, and, and so and maybe my memory is just false. I just don't. They remember. actually showed it. They showed oh, it during they? the broadcast. They maybe did. That was when I had stepped away because I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't yeah, yeah. I think they did show it while, while, while you know, while you st- during that time when it happened. I think they went to commercial. Did they go to commercial? I know at some point they did show it. So, I mean, I I can bring it up and I'll show it to you, and you know, we could we could talk about it after the show. But yeah, it did happen. Okay, and that's so, why that was one of the things I didn't like. I, I I just did not like about Chris Weidman at that point. So so let's let's talk about this because I, I I the one concern that I have. Um, with with this particular fight was Uriah Hall. We know, and we talked about this last week. Uriah Hall. There's two Uriah Halls. There's Prime Time, who is like you know apex predator. He is the guy that you know could easily walk through the valley of the shadow of death and not need anyone to to be uh, with him. Um, and 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 so it's you like that. Um, we saw what you did on on Sunday, no less. I saw what on you Sunday, did. No all less. That. See, I'm used all, to doing this on Monday. That. I'm used to doing this on Monday. I gotta, I gotta watch. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta watch my references here. But um, oh, that's okay. But um, the thing is, is that we also know that he is very much a head case when it comes to how he deals with things. And so, with dealing with this shocking injury happening in front of him. Is that going to affect future fights for him as he relives kind of this moment that he had w- with Chris Weidman in the ring? I'm scared that this is going to put him back on this on this path of of the Uriah Hall that could not muster up the 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 the, the mean streak that made him great. Any concern about that from you guys? If he was to turn yeah. around and have a fight. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Khalid. But if he was to turn yeah. around and have a fight with it within like the next six weeks, yes, that would probably he would he would be the gentle giant. But give him 
give him another fight and I and, and give him a full camp, let's say eight weeks, you know, I, I, I don't see that being a problem because it's not like he just, he did what exactly what he was supposed to do. Okay, he literally, I mean, he didn't even bring his leg up to check the kick, to be quite honest. If you really go back and look at the at the actual incident, he literally left his leg out there. It was Weidman that kicked there. It was Weidman's no. kick. I mean, I, he did not raise his leg. He, did, he, he didn't, didn't raise, raise his leg, but he turned, he turned his knee into it. I mean, he, yeah. he properly checked the kick. Like, the way yeah. you check a kick is you turn your knee into the kick so that your knee and your shin the blade of your shin hits the shin of the of the other person as opposed to the meaty part of the leg he turned and checked okay, the I, kick but it, it but you know i can't, can't wait till next week mad. when we don't have to talk about this <laughs> yeah so, 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 i'm so, sorry but Casey, Kelechi, but... Kelechi, you you felt like this could potentially affect uriah hall mentally uh, because it was so shocking in in the ring I, I think it has to affect him mentally, but I, I, I think that there's too much scrutiny put on uh, Uriah Hall's mental um, fortitude to, to stick this out. Like, if you think about some of the fights that he's been in that have shaped him, like, these are career-shaping type of injuries and and knockouts that, that Uriah Hall has been involved in. Like, he's one of the most violent human beings, and then you have this happen with Chris Weidman in the ring. You think about it, it shows that whether you're the giver or the receiver, any Anything could happen in that octagon. And with a man with that level of power, it's it's hard for him not to take that seriously every time. So will it affect him? 100%. But it would affect anybody who's got that ability to do violence. All right. All right. Let's let for the sake of Kalechi, let's go on to the next fight. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Valentina Shevchenko. Valentina Shevchenko is still the UFC flyweight champion having defeated Jessica Andrade via TKO uh, in round number two. Basically, she put Jessica Andrade in a crucifix position, and once again, a Sunday reference, and then dropped elbows upon elbows upon elbows. It was interesting. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko said that the referee was like, fight back, Jessica, fight back. And it's like, you how how can she both of her arms have been isolated <laughs> i mean <laughs> she was elbows to the she dome was, she got crucified and pinned on that cross i mean seriously yeah i did it i did it i'll do it again uh yeah it, 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 there was no way unless she powered out of uh out of that cruise uh, that crucifix it was nothing that she could have done that should have he should have automatically did in there i think they kind of did a a herb dean thing there we'd like you know, go ahead. Yeah, there's try a certain point in a crucifix. <laughs> yeah. There's only so much you can do in a crucifix. So it's kind of incumbent on the ref to understand the position that the, the down fighter is in because there's there's literally no defense to that. You're taking you're eating every one of those shots. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Now, but but okay, so let me ask this question. How impressed were you at Valentina Shevchenko to go at Jessica Andrange and in what what is that eight minutes worth of work she was able to take jessica andrage down like seven times like jessica andrage her name is bate astaka that is pile driver she is a wrestler this is what she does and valentina shevchenko didn't like play at her with wrestling no valentina shevchenko went face to face with jessica andrage 
and was ragdolling her around the ring, controlling her, and then eventually got her into this position where Jessica Andrade could not get out of. Like, this is this is what John Jones aspires to do, right? Where it's like, oh, you're a Muay Thai black belt, then I'm gonna stand and strike with you. See, I did that for I did that for Coach. Coach, I did that for you. Um, I'm gonna stand and strike with the striker. I'm gonna wrestle the wrestler. I'm going to do jujitsu with the grappler. And and Valentina Shevchenko did just that. She went and did, you know, went and wrestled the wrestler. And I'm super impressed. The the I, I do have an asterisk, but I want to get y'all's reaction to uh, Valentina Shevchenko and her just destruction of Val, of, of Jessica Andrade with the wrestling. I mean, I don't know if the John Jones comparison is fair, but I, I do understand that notion of fighters wanting to prove that they're not one-dimensional, so they'll go out and attack uh, fighters in their preferred style. I, I think she was absolutely masterful in showing that she was game to wrestle. Uh, but I also wonder how much Andrade has been faced with somebody who's willing to attack the wrestling versus uh, trying to do everything they can to defend wrestling of Andrade. So it was great game plan coming into it. John Keys. Um, are we ready to call her the female GSP yet? Um, in my opinion. No, I'd like to call her Andrade. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but that's what GSP used to do. They said that he was one dimensional. He was a phenomenal striker. And he's like, you know what? I can do better. And he went with the Canadian national wrestling team and learned how to wrestle from them. Okay. That's what he, that's what he did. And that's what, that's what Shevchenko is doing. She's doing that and speaking three languages at, a, at the end of the fight. Okay, you you can't beat this woman. This woman is not. This woman needs to do exactly what GSP did. No no super fights. Don't do any super fights, Shevchenko. Stay in that division and force everybody to be stalemated in there that they don't want to fight you no more. Well, right? and, that's what and, and that's some, that's some of the things too that you know. Had I had more time, uh, I would have got some of these drops that she that she laid down. Um, she said some really interesting things. Number one, she was like. Um, you know, everyone's asking who who I should fight next. She's like, just line them up. I'll, I'll fight anybody you put in front of me, you know? And just, this is when, this is one of those funny times where even though she speaks three languages, English is not her first language. And so when you start get, getting not. slang, you start getting into <laughs> slang, Joe Rogan's like, yeah, you tell them, come get, come get some. And she's like, what? And he's like, come get some. And she's like, get what? And he's like, you don't understand, do you? She's like, no. And, he, and so then he's like, you know, like anybody can come get some. And she's like, yeah, come get some. I'm like, dude, that, you know, that's that. If if that is Valentina Shevchenko's weakness, we all should be afraid. <laughs> Her, the second yes, thing she said, it. the second thing she said was regarding weaknesses. She goes, everybody's asking, you know, trying to find what is my weakness. She goes, let me just save you the trouble. There isn't one. And I'm like, Whoa, that's so awesome. <laughs> she could have flipped the table at that point and walked off and nobody would have would have said anything. You know, yeah. just... I, um, I will say this, though. I, I don't know that the that the, the comparison to GSP is is a fair one. And I'm going to get back to you, Kalechi, about my comparison to, to John Jones in, in just a second. But um, the the GSP essentially became a wrestler. He was a striker. He became a wrestler and just wrestled everybody. Yes, we've got the exception of John, Josh Koscheck, 
where the jab became a weapon. But when we look at his subsequent fights after, um, at, we look at the subsequent fights after Josh Koscheck, George St. Pierre showed the kind of the opposite, the innate ability to find a person's weakness and exploit it. Because we know that George St. Pierre did not wrestle Johnny Hendricks. That was not a thing. Uh, but he for, knew he was smart enough not to, though. Yeah, he was smart enough not to. And that was what made George St. Pierre great as well, is that because he was so well-rounded, he would say, okay, I'm going to outstrike the wrestler, and I'm going to out-wrestle the striker. And, and I'm going to find a way to, you know, to, to win where you are weak. And, and, and so when we have someone like Valentina Shevchenko, she went, I mean, it was first round, like the first couple of minutes, and she was already grappling with Jessica Andrade, throwing her to the ground. And, and she wasn't able to keep her there, but she was able to throw her to the ground multiple times and ride, that, ride the wrestling. Uh, the reason why I say she's what John Jones wants to be is because John Jones said that in his fight against Tiago Santos, that he chose to stand and fight to show that he could stand and fight with a pure striker. And that in order to make this more interesting for him is that he was looking to go and fight people where they are strong, as opposed to what made him the greatest fighter on the planet, fighting people where they were weak because he was so, he was, you know, he was so much better uh, than everybody else so that's the only thing that i'm only reference that okay. i'm making i'm not i'm not taking in i'm not sliding john jones in any way please john do not come after me don't come at my neck please because i'm not saying that i'm just saying that this is part and parcel what just what valentina shevchenko has set out to do and so she in the post-fight press conference said that when people said i couldn't strike I outstruck the striker. When people said I couldn't grapple, I outgrappled the grappler, which was Juliana Pena, who is known for her Brazilian jiu-jitsu. She submitted the she submitted the submission specialist. She knocked out the striker and she has now outwrestled the wrestler. That is what she said and, you know, she's got the she's got the triple crown. She has the hat trick now. So you're you're saying, in other words, that her fight style, uh, Shevchenko's fight style, is that of aggressive aggression. She's going to impose her will upon the opponent, whereas doing it tactically, she tries to find a weakness. She is an imposer of her will, of her dominance, if you will. Yeah, you know, it was really interesting. If you go back and listen to the post-fight press conference, and I encourage everyone, after a pay-per-view, go and take the time to listen to the post-fight press conference. Yes, it's an hour and 30 minutes of them just sitting there talking about the fight. But you get these insights that I think is interesting. And the one that I thought was interesting about Valentina Shevchenko is the fact that Valentina was talking about she prepares her body. But when she goes in there, her body basically has a mind of its own. She is essentially the female venom, right? Like she is in there, but the body is just like going and taking over and it's doing the fighting in the way that the body feels like it should. And she is talking about herself as though she's a spectator along with everybody else um, watching her body beat the opponent. And, and it's a crazy thing. Go back and listen to her talk about it. But that is that is how that Valentina Shevchenko characterizes uh, it. 
That sentiment excites me because it's uh, it's one that's been studied through a lot of sports psychology uh, and that ability to dissociate uh, in uh, tough game situations for uh, all sports uh, for athletes is the same type of thing that happens with fighter pilots and surgeons. Uh, it's just that mindset to be able to take yourself out of the equation and kind of watch your work unfold uh, in front of you. And, and that mindset uh, is absolutely going to continue to lead her on to greatness. All right. The end. All right. Let's go on to the next fight of the night. Rose Thug No Hair Nama Yunus defeated the reigning strawweight champion Zhang Wei Li via head kick destruction in round number one. Like she kicked Zhang Wei Li so freaking hard that Wei Li did not know what she was doing. Like she was like mad. Like, why is this fight stopped? And everybody's like, homegirl, look at the screen. Like, you were unconscious for a, yeah. a good part of the fight. It's yeah, like, Timber. Oh, what? Was that? <laughs> Did I? Is that what happened? What, what happened? Like, is, is, is there a Mandarin phrase, what happened was? <laughs> wow. 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 Okay. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, yeah, she got... She got... <laughs> Man, she got separated. Wow. I mean, no, yeah. no, 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 no. We're not, we're not saying no. She doesn't get the Molly Wop. Yeah, she'll get that, but she won't get the Molly Wop award. Oh no, we're saving that the best for last. Okay, so um, right. yeah, yeah. That head kick was, it, you know, my me and my son were were watching it, and that head kick literally came out of nowhere, and it was super effective. I mean. Last time I saw a kick perfectly timed like that was with Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Whenever he throws a question mark kick, wait, it is wait, perfect. Really? It, 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 yeah. Yes. Look at that kick. That <laughs> kick literally landed right there. Wait a minute. Am I missing something? Am I missing something? No, no, no. You're you're good. Yeah. The reason why is because Ronda Rousey getting head kicked. That that by Holly Holm. That yeah. was really good. That was really good. But if you really look, it was like Rose's foot was perfectly implanted right here. Okay. Yes. Yes, there's a was. tattoo. There's a tattoo on Zhang Weili's face right now, and it's that of Rose's foot. <laughs> all right. Yeah. And it's it, it was pretty bad. And I mean, it was like pal timber. Yeah, and she but, stayed down. You and know? that is the funny thing, is that you aren't exaggerating because when they did the official decision. You could see this red mark on the side of Zhang Weili's face where Rose's foot hit her. Like it was there, and it was there for like yeah. ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. So let's not play that. That little hundred and sixteen pound. She's hundred and sixteen, right? She was hundred and sixteen for no, the she, fight. No, not for this fight. One hundred fifteen. You got it. You got to be right on the money. Yeah, right on the. That little hundred and fifteen pound woman can kick. Okay, she's got power in that leg. Okay, and. You know, hats off to her. I mean, I it was a it was one of those fights that I would have been happy with either fighter because both fighters are are good quality warriors. And so Zhang Weili, I I can't wait to see you come back and and rechallenge. I know you'll be re-energized and reinvigorated. And you know, it was just unfortunate that you know it hit you so hard that you didn't you really didn't know and you were really angry about what happened but that just shows you the that just shows you the power of the knockout like i was explaining to my to my son it's generally the ones that you never see and you really don't know what happens after it's all said and done 
you'll you know there's been time and time again where we see people sitting there like what happened and they're wide-eyed like what just happened why am i on the floor you know and scary but it happens so um you know interesting thing we have not been um we we have, we have not been keeping track of the the, the fight picks uh and so i just want to say uh I'm gonna have to play a couple of crow sounds here. So this, this oh, one, not this one right here. <laughs> this crow sound is recipient of this crow sound is me, because I had Jimmy Crute over Anthony Lionheart Smith. Yep. Yep. Never um, get that against the X. Oh God! Drink again. <laughs> drink again. That's oh, another reference man. of Factory X. If you're playing the drinking game, please take a drink. Um. George Stallworth, who isn't here, uh, he picked Chris Weidman. Uh, I'm going to save him that one. Um, I'm going to save him that one. Uh, Rose Namajunas. So John Keyes. John Keyes had I, Zhang Wei Li. I sure did. I sure did. I'll take it. Extra onions, extra pickles. Hey, extra onions, extra pickles. A little bit of mayo because, you know, bird is dry. So, you know, come on. All right. All right. So we are up to date because, of course, in the Valentina Shevchenko fight, none of us were would dare uh, uh, pick against the the reigning champ, Valentina Shevchenko. All right, so that is interesting. Of course, it was a very emotional win for Rose Namajunas. Uh, she was crying. She's talking about looking to use this platform to build a better world. Uh, she was talking about Earth ships. Uh, I am not aware of Earth ships, but she wants to build Earth ships. So, um, I more power to her uh so kalechi i want to ask you a question Uh Uh (laughs) someone who has who has stood behind rose they say behind every good woman uh is is a strong pat berry uh you know so tell me tell me your thoughts on on pat berry i feel like he's a gross human being and we should be very suspect of that guy given that he knew Rose before she turned 18 and they started dating right at 18. That's what we call grooming. That that dude is, I can't call him a predator, but that's some predatory behavior. Holy moly. Like, wow. <laughs> hold, on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on for a second. What you just heard is solely the opinion of the speaker and does not reflect the opinions of anyone else on the Combat Sports Talk podcast or anyone affiliated with this program. Okay, I did not think that you were going to go there, but wow. Wow. I mean, is the the guy from the Catcher Predators about to come out there and be like, we looking for you, Pat. Okay, is he he, he around there? (laughs) I think it is generally accepted that it is inappropriate for someone to date um I, I don't know the whole relationship is somewhat inappropriate but hey it works for them that's their business it's all legal more power to you it's just i i don't rock with him like that wow yeah, just, so wow. so now, now now i'm on reddit and 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 i'm seeing it. he was 28 when she was 14 he was 30 when she was 16. So he was 32 when she was 18. Wow. Wait a minute. Where are y'all getting this stuff from? Oh, my God. I... Yo. <laughs> <laughs> this show just took so... an interesting turn. Like, whoa. 
Surprise! Massive. <laughs> look, look, rest in peace, Black Rob, because that was like, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Man. I thought you were joking. I thought you knew that. Like, no, well, I didn't know, know that. I said, oh. like, he is sus. Like, he is sus. No, I thought that like, he had just, he, he, I thought he was playing um, among us. I, I didn't know. Yeah, but now man. we know he is among us. Damn. Uh, and and, and, and yeah. knowing is half the battle, man. Good Lord. All Woo. right. Yeah. Well, we're in that segment real quick. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. On, to the, on to the next fight, please. Goodness. Hate to All be right. the bearer of bad news. <laughs> but. You just ruined everything, man. Okay, God. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. I was getting ready to be like, yeah, it groomed her to be a champion. Oh no, hey, no, uh, that, not not uh, that, not not, not that wrong champion. type of grooming. Yeah, yeah. In the main one. event of the evening, the UFC welterweight champion Kamaru Usman extended his win streak to 14. Look at that. We got the green white. Green. Let me give you the full screen, Kalechi KC Onye Bucci. Got the green, white, green by defeating Jorge Masvidal by knockout in round number. What was it? Nijano de Carilasto. What's crazy about this fight to me is I, I think I was one of the many people who speculated that uh, Kamara Usman might get into trouble by trying to stand and bang with uh, uh, with Masvidal. And man, did he prove us wrong in every possible way that. That was such a satisfying way for that fight to go. For 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 Masvidal to have been talking trash, saying that Usman doesn't have any power whatsoever, and to get absolutely starched, oh my goodness, yes. Now see, that's what you call a molly whoppery. When he punches you, <laughs> and it looks like that you got hit in the face with a dodgeball at high speed, that's... <laughs> That's, I mean, it just looked like a whole rainforest just exploded on his face. That's Molly Whoppery. That's what he gets. Rocked him. Thank you. And on top of that, if you watched the the weigh-ins, the ceremonial weigh-ins, you saw that it was Masvidal who flinched. Actually, I saw it the other way around. Kamal just sat there and smiled at him. But to me, that's a flinch. Like, that smile... That can be a but, sign of weakness. But he but was, I was but more the, concerned that Masvidal sounded like he was dehydrated and struggling during his interviews the day before. Did anyone else catch that? He sounded I don't know. a little bit just weary. But, you know, once again, when the person starts saying that they don't have power or anything like that, I'm, I'm very suspect at that because – a man who is known for who has knocked out many people who just got through knocking out somebody, and you're gonna come back and say, Ah, oh, he doesn't have that much power. Yeah. Broke Covington's jaw, and you want to tell me he doesn't have power. Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and that was the thing. In the post fight interview, he said, I I, I underestimated him. I, I I felt like we were gonna end up wrestling, and he surprised me. And it's like Jorge Masvidal did not believe that Kamaru Usman could strike. Why? Because when they faced each other head to head, Kamaru Usman grappled. He wrestled uh, Jorge Masvidal. That's what he thought Jorge. Ma- that's what he thought Kamaru Usman was all about. You know, those other fights. As a fighter, I would assume that you feel like, well, that's not me. Like Gilbert Burns, that's not me. Colby Covington, that's not me. I'm an elite striker, and we. 
even though Kamaru Usman stood and banged with those guys, he can't stand and bang with me because when we fought last time, he did not want to stand and bang. Like, l- let's put that in some context because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that that Jorge Masvidal was right in saying that Kamaru Usman did not have power because clearly he did, but I can understand how Jorge Masvidal, in saying that he underestimated Kamaru Usman and underestimated his power, makes sense that he would say what he said. Okay, so the, the I, problem, I don't know. Oh, how go that ahead, works. Casey. Yeah, yeah. I just I don't that. know how that works in that. Does he change his game plan knowing that um, uh, that Kamaru could take his head off? I mean, what is your whole coaching staff for if they couldn't game plan and realize that, oh, this dude's for real? I, th- I think that the, the conversation about Kamaru not having power was all about trying to goad him into a, a more stand-up game than it was an actual statement on his power. You can't tell me that you didn't know it existed when you saw the Gilbert fight, when you saw the Colby fight. Like that that's such a cop out statement. Like whether he had power or not was always known that Kamaro has power. Or this could be the worst the worst case scenario in which that Jorge didn't watch any videos. Nobody on his staff didn't watch any fight videos of Kamaru Usman and saw that that Kamaru Usman was not the same Kamaru Usman that he was about to jump in the ring with. Okay, that's my and, and if you did that, that's a failure on you. That's a failure on your on your on your corner, your coach, your team, the whole the whole ATT community, because somebody in there should have told him, "Hey, dog, he punches hard." Okay, Kobe. Well, now nah, Kobe's not even part of ATT ATT anymore. Uh, not ATT, but ATT, and you know. Somebody in there should have been like, hey, man, uh, you might want to watch a video. Okay. Let's go back to what what Jorge Masvidal said. Jorge said, we trained for a wrestling match. We trained for him to, to wrestle. We did not train for him to come and stand and bang. Like that was that was it. So I, I don't think that I, I think that it's clear that. Jorge Masvidal did not genuinely did not believe that Kamaru Usman was capable of doing what he did on on last night. I, it just he. So you got to change your name from Game Bread to you to sucker to sucker. Because like, if my guy's supposed to be a street fighter, able to take on anybody and and anyone, and he's the baddest dude on the planet, then training for a wrestler and getting boxed up means that you are not the baddest dude. I disagree with that. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those so like things fighting where... a lefty. Oh, here we go. <laughs> but 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 what what do you say? OK, so that reference is a drink. Thank you, John, for, for drinking. That's a, that's that's a Ryan versus Kalechi uh, boxing match reference. Um, you prepared for a right handed fighter when I came out as a southpaw because I fight even though I am right handed, I fight left handed. And so that threw you off. That you were not prepared for that. And 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 okay. so, as a result, you you were you weren't any less prepared. You just didn't have the strategy to beat me at that moment, and I took advantage of that. So that I yeah. I, I can go with a failure of of the team to prepare 
for the individuality that 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 Kamara Usman was a striker and would stand and bang. But I don't know that that says a lot about Jorge Masvidal as a quality fighter because he got knocked out by somebody via technique that he did not prepare for. That's like saying Ben Askren should have seen should have prepared for a flying knee. He didn't. But he it's didn't. Yeah, he martial arts. Should've. You know, he it's mixed martial arts. <laughs> yeah, and on it, top of that, it's not like you're training for one one technique. Like, oh, I thought we were having a kickboxing match, and all of a sudden he's wrestling. Like, no, this is mixed martial arts. Like, congratulations, you're supposed to be ready for all of it. Sun yeah. Tzu teaches that know yourself. Know your enemies, and in a thousand battles, you would never fail. He did not know himself. He did not know his enemy, and he got dealt with. Street Jesus got baptized oh, for no. being a non-believer. <laughs> <laughs> the Sunday reference is abound. <laughs> <laughs> it's never going to end, people. Okay, it's never going to end. All right, uh, so so. Either, either way, hats off to Kamara Usman. You know, I think that that's one of the things that we saw with at least Valentina Shevchenko and Kamara Usman. And 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 I want to I want to extend that dominance that 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 those accolades that we extended to uh, Valentina Shevchenko to Kamara Usman. He went toe to toe with a striker and knocked the striker out. Like we all knew what 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 Gamebred wanted to do. Game Bread wanted to keep this fight standing. He wanted to bang with with Kamar Usman, and Kamar Usman lit bang, him up bro. like a like a like a tree. <laughs> lit him up like a tree. I got to get that one too. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's what he gets. But see, this this one was kind of. I think this was more personal than than Kamaru's, uh usual game plan. He he this, he made it. You know, he made it to prove a point. Well, he said it himself, so I may be incorrect, that he want he wants to break wills. Okay, that's his game plan, to break wills. And the fastest, most efficient way to break will is to go at, go in there with their game, know what they're going to do and go in there and do it better. Can we can we also talk about that maybe some of this is a little bit of hype? Like, so realistically, um, I, I think we think of Masvidal as a better trash talker than Usman. But what Usman does is he hits you with a lot of what, he hits you with a lot of who, and then he hits you with facts. So in the pre-fight presser, you've got Usman talking about uh, Masvidal's record and basically calling him average with his, was it 14 losses uh, uh, in the UFC? Uh, and then he's three and three in his last six. The dude is as average as they come. So when Masvi, uh, when Usman says that the only reason that Masvidal is there is because he called his number, these are straight facts. So I've got to wonder, was Masvidal as 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 game bred as everyone made him out to be, or is this just a dude who is skating by on hype? Like these hype people that are are loved within the UFC and get all this attention tend to be average fighters. Like we look at. Uh, Conor McGregor, maybe he's on the backside of his career, but the dude has proven to be an average fighter when faced with true top-tier talent. So I've got to wonder, like, how good does this show for Usman versus exposing uh, Masvidal for being exactly what Usman called him, which was an average journeyman? Okay, let's let's understand what game bread means, okay, for me. And I think it was explained, Joe Rogan explained it as well, that being, that being called game bread means that you are ready whenever, 
However, yeah. doesn't matter how much time you're going, you're ready to fight. It didn't say he was ready to win. He said he was ready to fight. <laughs> and that's one thing that Jorge has always been. He has always been ready to fight. He said, yes, let me get some of that. Okay. He may not, he didn't say I was going to go in there and win. He said, I'm going in there and get some of this and make this dude a believer. A believer does not exactly equate to a win. It equates to respect. And if you remember at the end of the fight, what did Kamaru Usman say? Respect, man. Respect. All right. That's there game. you have it. There you have it. You know, I, I, I think it was a great fight. Uh, of course, we know the next fight up for Kamaru Usman is Colby Covington. And so, therefore, um, Colby Covington is getting that rematch. And, 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 and that's what... Um, yeah, that that's what's going on. Hey, we got a comment from from the audience here. I'm gonna put this on the screen. Um, let's not get out of hand. Masvidal believed that his iron chin and it failed him last night. Usman was also getting hit. That's true. Usman does get hit. That's the thing about Usman. He's willing to take one to give one, and that's and that's always been a sign. He'll take a hit to get a hit, and usually his hits are pretty effective. But to go on, on, on to say that Kobe Covington is, is the next in line, I don't like it. Uh, we're like we're it rewarding. We were rewarding a guy that, that held, his, held his breath until he was blue in the face, in my opinion. Uh, I think there's a, there's a fighter out there, but, he, you know, and Leon Edwards that would deserve this much more than Kobe would case being but he's already set up to fight uh, Nate Diaz. So I, I, I do propose, I do hope Dana is listening to the people when they say between that fight, the winner gets, uh, gets Usman, the loser gets Masvidal. All right. I really hope that's how, how it goes down. I hope this, this fight between Nate and Edwards turns into a, a, a number one contendership for the championship. I like that better has, than to give Kobe, Kobe already fought. Has Kobe already, uh, fought, uh, fought Gilbert Burns. No, no. I'd much rather see that out. fight than a rematch. Yeah, yeah, this, but I think this might be this might be Usman calling them back to say I I I, it's, I, it's I not. need a punch him back. It's a money it's, fight. It's 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 neither. Uh, Usman has said many times after uh, after the fight that he does not like uh, the fact that uh, that Colby Covington is the next one. He's like Colby, show me something, show me that you have earned this spot because the the fact is is that. What Colby has done is Colby fought Tyron Woodley, and of course we don't we're not going to cover it on the show. But you know, shout out to Tyron Woodley. He was in the sixty that is no longer in the UFC. So having lost his last what was it five fights or four fights um, has cost him uh, his time in the UFC. And we hope that uh, Tyron Woodley uh, finds you know the next the, his next career in another promotion that really wants to see him. Uh, perform and succeed. So, shout out to Tyron Woodley. But that is the only win that Colby Covington has. And so, when you start th looking at it, and going, okay, well, Tyron Woodley has this great resume, has a Hall of Fame level resume with the UFC. But by the time that Colby Covington actually got to Tyron Woodley, Tyron Woodley was on his way out. Right? You know. Yes. Um, and, and so, I, I know that 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 that. that that diminishes somewhat of Tyron Woodley and who he is and what power he has. But at the same time, it, 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 Colby Covington needs to actually fight someone who is not plummeting in the rankings. He needs to fight someone who is climbing the rankings. 
So that does make sense that you have a Gilbert Burns versus Colby Covington. That does make sense that you do a Leon Edwards, even though that's not an option now. But it, that's the guys you want to see him fight. You know, yeah. I don't think Colby Covington has fought Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. And I would much rather see Stephen no, Wonderboy. I would rather see. Still, <laughs> still it, it's it's well, one of those. Still gotta fight him. You he know? still needs yeah. to fight one, and so it's unfortunate that Colby Covington is going to get. Uh, you know, a free ticket to a title shot. And, you know, this is one where now we've got to deal with Colby Covington's mouth one, uh, one more time. And let me just say, he, did you see him in his last video that he made? Yeah, he's, he's without apparel. No, no, I, okay, well, maybe I didn't see the last one, but he is all spray tanned. Oh, yeah. Have you so seen that's, Colby Covington is now spray tan? That's, that's the reason why he wasn't wearing the hat. He doesn't have to. He's orange now. So there it is. Uh, the, my problem with this is it exposes that the UFC is all about being a WWE light. Like it, your rankings don't mean anything. Your skill set don't mean anything. Like the fighters who are getting the most love, the most money, uh, are the ones who are doing the most talking on the uh, on the mic, not the ones who are winning. Uh, I, I uh, it, it bothers me that you've got uh, Dana White at the helm, just kind of leading this charge of people who are average fighters getting paid ridiculous money. Because at the end of the day, it's all about um, the finances of the sport and not really like the true sportsmanship of the sport. So uh, I feel bad for fighters like Kamaru who are doing it, doing it right. Uh, <laughs> like no one wanted to fight Kamaru to get to the spot. Like, it's crazy how much he had to fight to get to the spot. And now he doesn't even get the, the joy of dictating and being the actual leader of this. Dana White's just going to keep putting up people who haven't earned their shot for a title shot. I, I, I disagree with you on that one statement where you say that Camaro doesn't get the luxury of picking who he wants to fight. He picked Jorge Masvidal. Like, he yeah. said, I want that guy. Even though Jorge Masvidal did not deserve a title shot, he gave a title shot to to Jorge Masvidal by picking Jorge. So, uh, but other than that, you are correct. I I, I don't yeah. I don't dispute anything else that you've said. Um, and so we'll see what happens. I'm just not ready emotionally and mentally for another promotional period with with Colby Covington. I just I get tired of his mumble mouth, tongue tied uh, promotions where he's. He, he, he's rarely he making any sense out of breath. <laughs> yeah. He's rarely making any like sense to begin with, you know? And, and, and so, um, um, and speaking about rankings uh, and, you know, speaking about rankings, uh, you know, your boy check Congo is the number two heavyweight over in Bellator. Yes. But look at the Bellator rankings. They're <laughs> they, out of the top 10. Than, <laughs> there are three guys are actual heavyweights. The other seven are lightweight, light heavyweights. Like, Come but on, guess bro. what? The baddest they're, they're man rankings, on the planet. Hey, their rankings actually mean more than UFC right now. So let's true, not talk about yes. story. Right. Their rankings have not even been around for a year. So let's let's not hold our breaths on that one. Uh, we got a I comment mean... back from Pablo. He said, "Respect, <laughs> but y'all, you know, Colby Covington gave Kamar Usman his best fight. He should be next in line." Let's think about that. Uh, no, you know what? He he lost with a broken jaw. And name another fighter who's gone five rounds recently with Kamaru Usman. 
The last person to do it was um, Ty- Tyron. Tyron. Uh, no, no, because he took the took the he he took the belt off of Tyron. Okay, right, so, so it was uh, Masvidal. Masvidal was the last person that went full five rounds with him. Okay, and 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 and, and that was on six days. But then Colby Covington, right? Come on, let's let's not pretend like Colby Covington wasn't the best fight, the best matchup for Kamar Usman. The only person to take a round from Kamar Usman was. Leona Machida? You don't have to say it, but we all know the answer. <laughs> like, yeah, Leona Machida, <laughs> middleweight, light heavyweight, in Bellator. The only person so, to so did Colby, from... Did Colby put up a good fight? Yes. Did Colby show that he had what it took to win the fight? No. Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, was, uh, so so Colby, was, Col- Colby was game, let's be honest, but... Yeah. What he brought to that fight was a dogged tenacity. He didn't bring a game plan to that fight. He brought a dogged tenacity. And let's be honest, once Usman has shown that he he's, he can keep that pace and go round for round with, with that level of intensity, there's nothing else Colby can give us. There's no, he's not this elite level grappler. He's not an elite level striker. All he can give us is gas tank and Usman can whoop a gas tank all day. Well, that's that that's true. what we expect to see. But the fact is, is that when it comes to what Colby Covington does, it is dogged tenacity. That's what I do. That's what he does. So, all right. I so, mean, in other words, so what you're saying is, is that we fought with the first fight was piston Honda. The next fight is going to be turbo <laughs> Honda. Is what you're saying? Okay. So that's what we're going with. <laughs> Man, the callbacks on this show today is just insane. Because um, that's all it's going to be. It's going to be Turbo Honda now. You know, it, it, that's it, all we it, got. No, it, it really is. But at the end of the day, let's perhaps we should just go ahead. Let's put this one to bed, get to 15, and then now let's look across the landscape and say we are, uh, we are done with Colby Covington. So, you know, I, I think that it's it's going to be one of those things where – we're going to have to come to grips with Colby Covington being in that space. Um, that's the next fight. That's what Dana White has said. Um, I'm not happy about it. A, no one's happy. They want him to be, it just feels like they want him to be a belt champion. They really are trying hard for him to be a belt champion. Cause I've noticed the same thing when it was with uh, Stephen Wonderboy Ch- Thompson and Tyron Woodley. He, they put, they did everything they could to see, that Stephen Thompson won, and they couldn't do it because Tyrone always had him. So that's what I feel about it. All right. Well, there you go. Let's go ahead and put the car, this card on the we'll close the book on this card and put it on the shelf because this card is history. There's a couple of things that we want to wrap up real quick. Um, we did preview PFL 2021 Pettis versus Collard, um, uh, Ocean Casino Resort, Atlantic City, New Jersey. Clay Collard defeated Anthony Pettis via unanimous decision. All of us, everybody was on Anthony Pettis. Yeah, take this L. We're take that L. All of the favorites want, lost that night at, at the PFL. So we're going to get a new champion at PFL. And That's then nice. on Wednesday, one on TNT, three in Sang versus Big Dash from the Singapore Indoor Stadium in Singapore. We, we picked two fights on that card. I picked John Wayne Parr to defeat Nikki Holskin. 
That did not happen. Actually, it was head kick destruction knockout in round number two. So I yes. am going to get the, the the crow on that one. And then everybody picked John Lineker to defeat Troy Worthen, uh, who and he did via TKO in round number one, except for George Giovanni Stallworth, who was not here to receive his crow. But we know. But we know. All right, so that is it for this segment. Um, just want to go and run through a couple of quick, quick headlines uh, in our next segment, which is finding the angles. Finding the angles. This is where we talk about the uh, what's going on in the MMA world coming out of UFC 261 and the fights that were on last week. Uh, the first one is Nick Diaz's return. Have you seen Nick Diaz? Like, whoa, the dude is looking in shape and ready to fight. Nick Diaz. Yeah, he's ready to fight. He's he's coming for it. And you know what? That's good. I'm glad Nick Diaz is back because they need some thug, they need some thuggetry in the UFC again. They need to they need to quit being all comfortable with it and get with somebody that'll get in your face, talk that trash, and back it up. And we and got that one in Stockton slap, baby. Exactly. Tell you, so it's an effective technique, man. I'm telling you. Okay, you know, fifty percent, one hundred percent. What's up? Here's the thing. They asked Dana White. They said, "Hey, Dana, are you interested in seeing Nick Diaz fight Hamzat Shemaev?" And and and, and Dana White is like, "Yeah, sure. Let's 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 look into it." So we might see Nick Diaz versus Hamzat Shemaev. That would be a great That'd fight. A- I am down for that. That's gonna be a bloodbath. Okay. Oh my god. I'm I'm good for it. I'm good for it. I'm here for it. Let let's yeah. make it happen. Yeah, after your Chris Whiteman comments, we know that you are interested in the bloodbath. I'm all about the violence. <laughs> Mortal Kombat people. Mortal right. Kombat came out. Watch it. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet, but we'll see. Dana White said, so they asked there was a Jake Paul of course was in the audience um uh, on last night at UFC 261 uh, and Dana White was asked like is he interested in doing business with Jake Paul? Because, of course, Jake Paul has been um, on everybody's lips. We talked about Jake Paul all last week. We're talking about him again this week. And Dana White is like, listen, this thing is crazy to me. Like, you guys are all following this YouTube star who is boxing non-boxers that are handpicked to make pay-per-views for a suspect organization. He's like, look at what happened tonight. Look at what happened at UFC 261. This is what I do. I put the best fighters in the world in the cage for all to see. I'm not handpicking, quote, finger quotes there. I am not making a mockery of this sport. Jake Paul and Triller, he says it's a freak show. And that's interesting words coming from him, seeing that he was he was cool with them all the way up until it was alleged that he put up a bet for a couple million dollars, and no, and he's all of a sudden he's not cool with them anymore. Well, he Get said it? that he said that that bet would have been effing illegal, and if you know that term, that is that is a Dana White uh, uh, sound clip that is uh, is is famous. Uh, he said that it would be illegal for him to place that side bet because if he really wanted to bet on that fight. He would have done it in the multitude of books of sports books that exist in Vegas, which is his hometown. Right on. But what does what does Snoop Dogg get out of it? Snoop Dogg got because he said uh, 
He got. Have we ever known Snoop Dogg to 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 to, to put somebody out like that? Uh, that says that he owes me money, and you know he wouldn't. <laughs> you know, I, I, so I'm not. I, I'm not saying neither here nor there, because until somebody put up some receipts, it is what it is. All right, All right. you gotta I, put I'm, up I'm, receipts. I'm, yeah, you gotta give me some receipts so I can say okay. I want to validate but, the transaction. Yeah. Exactly. But he's right, though. You know, I don't we you know, he's that guy we love to hate now. I mean, I don't know which one I hate more between Jake Paul and Kobe. I hate Kobe Covington. Kobe Covington. Kobe Covington. Yeah. Yeah. Jake Paul is an irritant. But uh, Kobe Covington, he, he, he needs he needs holy water. But but what 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 is Dick, uh, Dana White saying that that is a freak show when happening in the audience at UFC 261 is Jake Paul getting into it with Daniel Cormier while Daniel Cormier is supposed to be sitting there doing ringside commentary. Now, have you seen the video? Daniel Cormier is up in uh, Jake Paul's face, wagging his finger, saying, I will slap you. I will slap you. Don't play with me, little boy. Yes, and you know what the best part about it was? That happened while the prelims was going on. Because even Joe's like, "Hey, well, you know what's going on over there?" He's like, "What are they saying?" And then they tell him what he said. And you know, I think he said, "Daniel, you know what's going on?" He's like, "Man, you know, I don't play that game. I will slap him." And apparently, he got up at some, before that. He got up and went over there to him, and uh, it was heated. Like said, you know, security had to come in. And I think that Jake Paul don't know who he messing with, okay? Because that he, you know, Cormier's the one. Because and 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 on the flip side of that, Jake Paul went on his Twitter and was trying to say, you know, you tell me you're gonna smack me in my face, and then I show up, and this is what you do, kid. Understand this: this man has fought arguably the best mixed martial artist in the world the world and i don't even like to admit that the but he has fought this guy not once but twice three times three times twice it doesn't matter he fought him multiple times and you think he's gonna be afraid of you you think that you got something that he hasn't faced before because getting hit by john jones is no fun thing and i'm pretty sure you like to think you're on that level but you ain't about that life so jake paul stick Stick yeah. to where you're at. What 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 Stick is, is what Adesanya say? There are levels to yeah. this. Oh yeah, and trust me, you right ain't on that. Daniel Cormier, look, Daniel Cormier, right here. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. So Jake Paul, you don't want none of this, okay? So you ain't because he. Okay. Oh, I'm gonna say that he's he's doing all that from a boxing ring. If you want to really be about that life, why don't you come to the MMA ring and see what's up? Well, because I guarantee there's a couple, three people who want that. A couple of people uh, talking about not wanting that that smoke. Uh, it's essentially what you're saying is that, mm-hmm. that that Jake Paul does not want any of Daniel Cormier. Well, somebody who doesn't want any is Kamara uh, is uh, of Kamara Usman is Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor said that he is going to move up to welterweight and smack the copycat Kamara Usman. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do bro, that, man. You bro. can't even win bro. fights at 155. How are you, you gonna come up to 170 and do better? Like, come on, Connor. I we know we well, know I, promo talk when we hear it. 
Okay, I'm just I'm getting ready to say like you got mauled by by Habib. Okay, and he all he did was wrestle you really good. Kamara will wrestle you and punch you, all right, and beat you. And he, and, you know, depending on you what you say there, Connor, you may want to watch words because that because you might bring out that other side that you may not want because he may crank it up to about 115 percent, and that's the end of it. All right. Which, by the way, you since know. you brought that up, Con- of course we know that uh, Kamara Usman uh, famously said that when he fought uh, the guy from Iceland, I forgot his name, but um, that, um, but that that fight, he said he was only thirty percent. He only fought at thirty percent. Dana White last night said, "Hey, you, Kamara Usman has gotten so much better since that thirty percent comment." He's like, Dana White is, I, I would say Dana White is a fan. I know that we are yes. doubting that, and some of the things that we've said kind of doubts that, but, you know, I, I think Dana White has become a legitimate fan. Hey, Pablo says, we need a voice from the other side of the argument, you know. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll, be, that we, we I'll be that voice. I'll be that voice. We need somebody <laughs> representing for, for, for Connie Mack here, and, and I think that that's fair because, and, and, and I, I wanted to say this. What Conor McGregor has said, and I didn't believe this uh, until I actually watched the video, is you see that he says he that Kamar Usman is a copycat. Okay. Um, I saw the video. Now these are people who put these these are Conor McGregor fans, but they put together a a, a clip video of Kamara Usman copying uh, Conor McGregor's stick. And let me just say. It's a compelling argument. I think it's very fair really? to say that Kamara Usman is 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 biting a lot of Conor McGregor's stick. So I, but if he okay, so that's just like saying okay, he could he could be biting, it could be not. I, I'll take it, but that's just like saying that Nintendo took a was biting off of Atari, but they made it better. Nintendo made it better. Oh. Is he still? Are they still biting? Are they still uh, biting? I don't know. I mean, it's it's pretty it's it's pretty blatant here. Um, I'm gonna see if I can't put this on the screen. Uh, give me just one second. I'm gonna see if I can All get right. some audio. And we're gonna we're gonna take we're gonna we're gonna listen. And I want you to judge. I right. I'm going to say that for me, it sounds like Kamara Usman is biting off of off of uh off of Conor McGregor. Give me just one second. Let me turn on the audio here. Turn on the audio here. And going over to the to the other screen. Here we go. Let me know if you can hear this. Any one of these little fools can get it. Any one of these fools can get it. Any one of them. I like Dustin. I think he's a good fighter. He's even a great fighter, you know, but great is still levels below me. He's a great fighter. I take nothing away from him. He's a great fighter. But even great's not enough when it comes to me. I need to see active. I need to see I need to see activity. They can all get it. They need to show me some activity. Just show me some activity. Yeah. I'll... It's red panty night when you sign to find me, eh? Back at your back at home with your wife. I have what everybody wants. Yeah. You know. <laughs> it's green panty night when you fight me. <laughs> First of all, can you even read? So there you have it. <sighs> yeah, it, there, it, there it is. <laughs> it, I, I think that the, I think the Connor fans, 
the Connor fans got it, man. I think that they got Kamaru. He he is well, then it should looking be a easy, lot like. Con- it should be an easy transition for them to come from Connor to to Kamaru. You know, you're just getting a better version that actually backs it up. I don't know, but I I I don't like Conor McGregor fighting uh, Kamaru Usman for the simple fact that Conor needs to fight some fights at at welterweight just to justify that he he deserves uh he, that he can handle the competition. Um, and and I just don't believe that he can. I I think 155 is the fight is the weight class he needs to be in. I think that he could potentially do some great things, you know, if he wants to, but. I, at, at at this point, I think a 170 fight is just talking smack. Yeah, if he he's, he's won his first belt at 145 at the featherweight level, yeah, right? Yeah. I think he should go back to the featherweights and, and stay there, you know? I don't think he can make I that mean, weight anymore. That cut is pretty extreme. I, I think he probably walks well, around closer to 170 or so, but... Um, okay, well, then 155, one, lightweight. Yeah, lightweight is the fight, was the weight class for him. Yeah, go there and be great, man. Quit trying, you know, let's let's stop the whole, you know, double champ, triple champ. Let's just say single champ and stay merciless. How about that? Stay merciless. I like that. All right, let's get to the yeah. final segment of the of the day that is the fight card. We're going to look at the fights, uh, look at one of the cards coming up this week, and that is right. the fight card. All right. All right. Here we go. This is the fight card. This is where we look at the fights coming up on Saturday night. Of course, there's a fight uh, on Wednesday night, which is a 1FC uh, uh, card. Um, Eddie Alvarez is going to get a potential fight back after his debacle um, on UF or on, on 1FC uh, 1, where he yeah. got disqualified for strikes that were not illegal. Um so we, th- there's that fight that's coming out on Wednesday. It's going to be real hard for me to, to to be able to watch one FC on Wednesday nights. It's just I need these fights on Saturdays. Uh, it, the, my weeks are, are really really busy. I agree, but I'm gonna try. I'm I really am trying. And it, it, I even if I just them. get the highlights, I do. Why can't they do it on Friday night? God, because Bellator is on Friday night. Sunday night. I think they should do it on Sunday. Oh. Night. Hold on, hold on. Sunday nights. Remember the whole what my whole thing was Sunday. Most people they arrest. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, maybe so. So you've yeah. got UFC Vegas twenty five Reyes versus Proschaka, uh Saturday eight, May first, uh, twenty twenty one, at the Apex Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. Six fights on the card. We're only going to pick the main event. So here we go. We got Pollyanna Botello uh, versus Luana Carolina. You got Mirab Divishvali versus uh, Cody Stamen. We got. Christoph Jotko, which is a uh, he's way he's back versus yeah. Sean Strickland, Ion Kutalabra versus Dustin Jacoby, uh, Giga Chikadze versus Cub Swanson in the co-main event, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. Dominic Reyes versus Yuri Proshaka um, in the uh, in the main event. I'm really excited about the main event, so let's go ahead and do that as a flash fight pick. Who you got, Dominic Reyes or I'm- Yuri Proshaka? I'm gonna go with Dominic Reyes. I, I'm st- I I'm glad he's back. Um, I need him to be dominant as usual, and and let's get you back in that win call. Let's get you some some a chance to get back at it. All right, I am going to pick the other fighter, Yuri Proshaka, and and the reason why is because even though he fought, um, gosh, it's been a little while since he fought. Um, mm-hmm. He fought. 
uh who did he fight uh look it up for me if you don't mind uh i am looking it up right now I so it was a bit of a scary fight um when when he fought and i can't remember who he fought i, I had he it. fought he fought ozdemir yeah vulcan ozdemir. ozdemir so yuri proshaka fought vulcan ozdemir and and the thing is is that vulcan ozdemir was doing great yuri was was eating them hands and then all of a sudden Yuri just basically went into hyper mode and finished uh, Vulcan Ozdemir in like the second round. And it was just, right. it was a brutal finish. And, I'm, and and so this is the guy who they tried to get in the UFC some four or five years ago, but he was like, right. nah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not fully cooked yet. Let me marinate a little while. And then when I'm ready, I'm going to come and join the UFC. And he did. And he finished Vulcan Ozdemir, who at the time was coming off of a recent battle for the title um Dominic okay Reyes. so go ahead hold on before you go anywhere with jerry and i, I may actually I, i'm kind of nervous about my pick but i'm still gonna stick with it because when he says that he wanted to marinate and stuff this dude is a is, is a is a is a is a kobe steak level marinade why because in the last what let's see it's april it's april now right yeah. last six years this man has only lost once in the last six years. He is riding, he, he, let's see, he's riding an 11-fight win streak right now. So, uh, fight. Yes. Fight. So, so I got Yuri Proshaka uh, in this fight. I think he's going to, I think he, this is going to be a great test for him. If he beats Dominic Reyes, I think you're going to put him in line to fight Jan Blachowicz, uh, the winner of Glover Teixeira versus uh, and, and, you know, normally you don't give a fighter a title shot after two fights in the UFC, but this guy is a is a is a bottle rocket, um, and 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 I, I I can't wait to see what he does on Saturday night. Anything else yeah. before we go? Um. Oh, did you hear about um uh, uh um Jorge Masvidal? He's oh, he's gonna start a new fight league. Did That's you hear true. about that? Yes, absolutely. Yes, game Bear yeah, he's gonna it's gonna be bare knuckle, bare knuckle mixed martial arts. It's gonna have he's gonna follow all the rules of the standard mixed martial arts. No gloves. Wow, I'm for I that. I, I'm, I'm actually gonna I'm look. I'm actually looking forward to that. I want to see what that what that looks like. I don't like bare knuckle boxing, but bare knuckle, bare knuckle mixed martial arts. It seems as though that is going to be about as pure of a fighting as you're going to get. Yeah, without kicking anybody in the nards. I mean right. that that's or eye great. gouges or biting or or all the other yeah things. but but yeah exactly all right follow us on social media on Instagram I'm at Combat Sports Talk and I am at Keys to Victory and that's Keys with the E S all right uh, Kalechi had to bounce so you can find Kalechi on Instagram at Push Pull Pray and George G Money Stalwart is Dark Side underscore Muay Thai underscore. You can come on our website at www.combatsportstalk.com, and there we've got um, we've got all of our archives as well as merchandise that you can buy the Combat Sports Talk logo tee. Um, we are on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, and check this out, sir. Uh, what is that? What is, what is this? All right, what is this? Here. Uh, let's see. Oh man, come on, bro. It looks like I haven't I haven't set up this uh this particular one to to do that. So I'm gonna have to come here. Uh, so absolutely follow us on all your social media platforms. Uh, we have them here. 
Oh, so, look at that. Look, look at, at that. that. YouTube, Facebook, Spotify. What is that? What's the purpose? Apple Podcasts, Instagram, uh, and, and Instagram we're also and on, Twitter. on Twitter. All right. On the Twit. Uh, gonna send a shout out to MMA Junkie, MMA Fighting, MMA Mania, Bloody Elbow, and the Intelligent Defense Discussion Group. That's our discussion group on on uh, Facebook, so you can join it there and start the conversations that we have on the show. That's where they happen. So on behalf of John Keys and Kalechi KC Onyebuchi, my name is Ryan Smith reminding you to keep your hands up, your chin tucked, and throw bombs. We'll catch you next time.